Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse number 12. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word. Luke chapter 5, verse number 12. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he charged him to tell no man. But go and show thyself to the priest, and offer for the cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and a great multitude came together to hear, and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. And behold, men brought in on a bed a, a man which was taken with the palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find uh, by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling and his couch in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? (laughs) You're right. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto him, Unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Uh Uh-oh. Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. What great power it has, Father, the eternal, living, breathing, infallible, perfect word of God. And today as we read, as we go and and, and venture through the text, down the halls of the timeless peace, Father, of your word, we pray that it would be decorated with words from your spirit Paintings, Father, for our hearts to last our lives that will lead us into the way that we must go and the work that we must do. Enlighten us through your text, through your holy word, with your Holy Spirit, and your Son's precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Once again, for those who were not here, by way of um, whatever word I'm looking for at the moment, what do you call that? By way of uh, review, um, what a story we have here. And we're in our city series. What are, what are the implications of our city series? We're implying that when Jesus was ready to take on the city, to take on uh, getting the gospel to every creature, if you will, doing that gospel work, his three and a half years of ministry, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, when he came out of the wilderness... 
right? That was his time of, of reflection, if you will, his time of being centered within the Lord and, and going from that John the Baptist wilderness ministry to his ministry where he takes, he takes the word straight to him. We kind of liken it to the fact that he was going to the city, right? We see that he went to his own hometown, right, which he was not accepted in. Uh, we saw that in the text, but we're walking through the book of Luke, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and, and how we're equating this portion of the text and this life of Jesus is, what if you are being prepared? What if God took you through a wilderness? What if God took, took you through a time uh, of decision, of growing? And, and we kind of discussed that in the first part of Luke. And now, what is he preparing you for? He's preparing you for the city. He's preparing you, that is uh, really a, uh, just a picture, if you will, a way of saying he's preparing you for the work that he has for you. I just think that in this day and age, God is bringing about his kingdom. You know, in times past, it's, oh man, everybody who's going to get saved has been saved and we're waiting on his coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that mentality is just crushing the church because it's the work's been done and we're just waiting on him to come back, right? I mean, I'm waiting on him to come back. I'm ready for Jesus to come back. I don't know about you. But there's still work to be done. There's still people coming to uh, a saving knowledge, and, and he has a work for you to do. I'm not here. My wife and I aren't giving ourselves to the work of the Lord because there's nothing left to do. There's no more work to do. No, we're doing it because we believe that revival can come to our city, right? We believe greater things have yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. So that's, that's the point of the series. We are gleaning things from the life of Christ where when he went out to get it done, when he went out to do something completely counterculture, uh, we are going to learn how he did it, and we're going to be simply Jesus. We're going to be Christ-like. We're going to be Christians in our day and age. And let me tell you, it is so applicable. What Jesus went through... What he is facing in this particular text is so powerful for us. And um, it will lead us in the way that we need to go. So anyway, go back and listen to the other messages to catch up. But in the city, this, this message is titled, uh, The City Social Club. The City Social Club. The idea of who Jesus starts to surround himself with. Right? And I mean, I think the cliche, he was a friend of, anybody? Sinners. Right? Foss. Get the book. My wife and I have been joking. There's a, some, a guy who just wrote a book, Friend of Sinners. I have no idea if it's a good book, but the way they pushed it on Instagram, I mean, the dude just never has a hair out of place. I mean, he is, he's a stud. There's no other way of putting it. Um, but anyway, Friend of Sinners. And what, what is he trying to depict? He's trying to depict the fact that Jesus came to reach the unreachable, right? Those people that no one wanted to go near. And this text just totally magnifies that. It makes it almost beautiful. Right when we get into this, but the city social club, what's the idea? What's the connotation? What am I trying to get across to you? I'm trying to get across to you that you need to look to the left and look to the right in your day-to-day life. The Bible talks about your neighbor, right? Loving your neighbor, right? The idea of loving someone with unconditional love, maybe who hasn't loved you first. That's the whole point. Bethlehem Creed. Look at our Facebook Live videos. Join us this Friday night, 10 o'clock. There's the plug, shameless plug. But the idea is he starts to surround himself with these people that others would not, of a spiritual spiritual realm, would not surround themselves with. So I want you to see the city social club. When you're in the work of God, who 
is surrounding you? Who is he bringing about in your life to open up relationships with? If you're locked down with just church people, church people, you know what I'm saying when I'm saying that? Then chances are your social club is not what Jesus wants it to be. What is church people anyway? One of my favorite artists, Lecrae, he has a thing called church clothes. And his point is, is whatever he's wearing are church clothes because he's the church. He's doing his work on a day-to-day, and that's really where the city social club begins. It begins tomorrow. Y'all are doing great. Y'all have, you know, you're putting the face on, you got the makeup on, you know, you painted the barn, if you will, you know, your best duds, your shirts are ironed. You're looking great as the church, but how will you look on Monday morning? What's the social club going to look like? Well, what did it look like for Jesus? Let's go to the text. Here's my question to you. Verse 12. Look at verse 12. And it came to pass that when he was a certain, when he was in a certain city, the city, behold a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou, what is it? Wilt. Are you willing? Verse 13, and he put forth his hand and touched him and saying, I what? Will. The first question today is, are you willing? The second question is, are you ready? When we talk about our city social club, those who are around us, are you willing to reach people who are around you? And are you ready? Now, I talked about last week how there's a two-sided way to view this story. You can be the leper this morning, and I'm totally okay with that. You can be the person who is uh, paralyzed this morning because we all were the leper. We all were the paralyzed. We all, in our sin, found ourselves wanting, and Jesus gloriously saved us, right? We all can identify with the leper this morning and with the paralyzed person this morning. That's great, but we can also identify with Jesus, As someone who is a part of the family of God, if you're saved this morning, you must identify with Jesus and how he was willing to reach the leper and how he was willing and ready to reach the paralyzed man. So that it's twofold to look at this story. Real quick, I want to blaze through this for those who weren't here last week, but the leper. Looking at this story, leprosy is more commonly known today as Hansen's disease, a bacteria attacks the nervous system and renders the affected parts of the body without feeling and in turn causes injury, leading in those days to disfigurement, Hansen's disease. When I pictured leprosy in my mind, reading the Bible, I picture someone who when they got it, it was like the walking dead, right? And like arms falling off. Oh man, put that in my closet. (laughs) You know, lock that thing up. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's how I picture leprosy. Oh man, I just lost another one. You know what I mean? Another one. Anyway, I, I just lost one for you pop culture uh, lovers. That was for you, that reference. But the, the point is, <laughs> I picture leprosy that way as like MRSA, eating. But that's not it. Son, this text gave me illumination Hit the mute button. This text gave me illumination like you would not believe in this regard. It's okay, Miss Andy. We love you. (laughs) But the idea, everyone on the podcast heard that. (laughs) But the idea is it was now known as Hansen's disease is a bacteria that attacks the nervous system that leaves that part of the body without feeling. Son. How many of you haven't felt anything for Jesus in so long, 
I love that. This man was coming to Jesus saying, restore my healing, my feeling, sorry, it rhymed. Restore my feeling. You know, you look around in church during worship, and I was struggling this morning trying to make it through, you know, those different tempos and all that. But really, when it comes time to sing and play, it ain't about that thing of executing. It's about the feeling and the emotion of what that message is doing in my heart and in my life. And I have healing. Why? Because Jesus loves me. I'm just, Jose, I'm having a moment up here during worship. Why? Because I feel it. You understand what I'm saying? Do you feel it? If you don't, you can track with the leper. Watch this. Lepers were forbidden from coming within six feet of a healthy person. Here's where the city social club begins. It was against the law for that leper to be within six feet of Jesus. So when when he said, are you willing, Jesus, to let me in? What was he saying? Are you willing to break the law for me? Are you willing to go outside of your spiritual comfort zone to do something for me? No, no, no. If, if the city is something that is outside of my regular routine, you know, if I run into you at Starbucks at my appointed time of 7.15 every morning that I arrive there and you just so happen to be there because you beat me in line, I may share the gospel with you before I have my tasty caramel macchiato and my lightly toasted cheese danish. You understand what I'm saying? I have a routine. And if I get out of that routine, Dana, things just don't go right for me, you understand? So i got to keep in my routine. And if the, the Lord wants to send someone in my convenient routine, then maybe they'll find the gospel through that. He's a big God. He can do that. The point of this story is that Jesus had to break routine. Routine was, leper, woo out of the city, stay away, Keep it out of reach. And you know what? Maybe you've been a part of a a spiritual society, a social club in times past where we just don't go near them. (laughs) You know what I mean? We pray for them. (laughs) We're for them, but we're not of them. You understand what I'm saying? I don't even know if that makes sense. But you get what I'm saying. Their children watch bad movies. (laughs) Mm -mm. I mean, I'm being facetious in some in some regard but the idea is the law says six feet away that's scripture the scripture says i ain't going near him you can use the bible in a way that fits your life or you can use the bible to transform your life and to put you on a ground on a plane in the city to reach people that you've never reached before to be a light for the world that is lost and dying that is in darkness for you to illuminate their eyes are you willing are you ready when he looked at jesus and he said are you willing are you willing to change your thought process are you willing to go against what you've thought your whole life to reach me oh yeah i'm willing i'm all up in that jesus said I'm going to close the six-foot gap faster than you ever thought. I'm getting in there. I would use Cody's line about swimwear, but I'm not. The point is, I'm getting in there, and I'm going to touch the leper. What did Jesus say? I'm going to restore feeling to you. Some of you got to close the gap. You got people without feeling all around you. And because they don't have feeling, a leper, when he would bang against the side of the wall or he wouldn't see at night, he didn't know that he stubbed his toe. 
He didn't know that he had defigured his face until he finally came in contact with a mirror which weren't necessarily readily available. And then all of a sudden he saw what the damage was from his life of living without Jesus. Oh my goodness. When you stare into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, for the first time you see how broken you are. How dismembered. How, how what you thought looked a certain way was just not at all. You know what? That's all of us. Are you willing to reach out and touch those that don't look like you? Jesus once again proves a way of life that shows up, shows us as close to come to those that others will not approach and to minister to those that are all, minister to those that others see as too far gone. I want you to open your eyes to those around you. Leading into the text, the part that we didn't get to last week. Are you willing? Are you ready, church? Here's an interesting fact. Jesus tells the leper to go to the priests as in the law of Moses. Why did he do that? Because it was an eight-day healing process that would no doubt prove that Jesus was who he said he was. And the priest would then be left with no choice other than to accept Jesus for who he was. Now, did the man actually go to the temple and go through an eight-day purification process like Jesus told him to? Yes or no? No. He didn't. The Bible says that actually there in the text, if I can find it, uh, verse 14, he tells him, Go, show thyself to the priest. Verse 15, But so much the more went their fame abroad of him. The man couldn't help himself. Not only did Jesus put and restore feeling, but Jesus, the Bible says, when he healed, he made whole. The man went and showed himself to people who hadn't seen him like that in years. So I don't blame the leper, but I want you to see in the text that Jesus was thinking about others, even in his implication to say to the leper, now go to the temple and follow the process. Because if he went to temple, if you felt like you were healed from leprosy, you had to go to temple, synagogue, whatever, and the priest would put you through an eight-day purification process. And Jesus' whole point was for the priest to see, Jesus did this to you? He truly is the Son of God, right? But that didn't necessarily happen. Hence, the next story, right? Let's look at it. The paralyzed. The paralyzed. This man is taken with the palsy. ESV says he was a man that was paralyzed. Here's the thing. Such is all of us. Such as all of us before Jesus found us. Next slide. Such as all of us. We've all suffered those illnesses and those things that have left us hurt maimed, struggling with. And I think it's important to identify those things in our lives. Those that suffered with illnesses or those uh, that had things visible to everyone around them, those type of problems in this day and age, were often judged by those around them, watch this, to have sin in their lives. And that would be the explanation for their health issues. Think about that. In this society, very judgmental, right? And we already talked about how 
the Pharisees, that specific group of religious people, arose, listen, during the intertestamental period, during that 400 years of silence between the Old and New Testament, and they came from middle class. They arose from everyday, common, blue-collar people and worked their way to get to that place where they were called a Pharisee, where they had some, some sort of intellectual knowledge about the law and the Scripture in such a way that gave them authority, Right? So we see the difference between Jesus and the Pharisee. The Pharisee saw the paralyzed, saw the maimed, kept the leper at at a distance because they felt like there was sin in that person's life that was unconfessed. And that that needed to be dealt with first before God would heal. But Jesus tells us through his actions in this social club that there were no preconditions For him to love anyone. That's the implication, church. What has to be in order in your mind for you to love that unlovable person? That enemy that you just don't like? Or even that family member that has hurt you, that you feel like there is sin in their life? The implication of seeing someone that was paralyzed was, yeah, maybe even generational. Maybe even his daddy or his grandfather sinned or something. That was the culture of the day. Any of you got that? Any of you have that type of prejudice in your life? I swear, I I stayed up way too late last night, and I watched, finally, all the raving reviews on social media. I finally watched The Greatest Showman. How many of you have seen it? Let's get a raise of hands. (laughs) What? Only a few? Who has not seen The Greatest Showman? Oh, Where are you people at? (laughs) Go watch it today. You have to watch that movie. Amazing. Amazing movie. The Greatest Showman. Not to mention, my wife loves the way Hugh Jackman looks. So anyway. (laughs) But I can only dream, aspire to look like Hugh Jackman. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just teasing. Lighten up, y'all. You really need... You guys must be too busy or something you got to live a little. If you haven't watched The Greatest Showman, you need to watch it on demand, whatever you got to do. It really, depicts, it really depicts someone who let life just carry away and forgot why he was doing what he was doing in the first place, which was trying to provide for his family, which was trying to give you know, a place for his daughters to have and, and the, the like moment of like tears. Like, I didn't cry. <laughs> that moment in the movie was it, was, it was a beautiful piece where his daughter, they're standing on a rooftop, they're dirt poor. And that was the place where they connected as a family. And he lit this candle and, and he made it look like, and I think at that moment, that's how they kind of portray it in the movie, that that's where he got his idea for a tent. Barnum, Barnum and Bailey Circus, that's the story, The Greatest Showman, how it began. And um, his daughter just says, I just wish that I had a pair of ballet slippers. And you know, and I'm like, <laughs> get her some ballet, I'll send her, I'll PayPal her money right now, go get some slippers. <laughs> Can I PayPal backwards? I don't know. But you, you just have that moment where you're like, oh, you want to give her everything. But then, you get everything, and you forget what the definition of everything was. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, What has, when I'm watching that movie, when I'm watching Hugh, 
slide across the stage. (laughs) When I'm thinking about that movie, I'm thinking, what in my life has blurred my vision? What in my life has taken over in the sense that I've lost, I've missed out on, on the OG perspective, the original perspective I should have? I've missed it. The Pharisees, the Bible says, tithed off their mint. What does that mean? They had flowers growing in their backyard, little herbs and everything. And they were so careful that they look at all their increase, Miss Phyllis, and they would clip off a tithe. And they would take that tithe and they would give it. Every little thing, they were so particular about the law, about what they were supposed to be doing. But they missed the love of why they were doing it. And he was sitting right in front of them. Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the healer. He was right there. And all they were worried about, watch, was, is it lawful for him to be forgiving sins? Only God can do that. Hello? (laughs) Clue number one. Did you see what he did just a few short days ago? All the people that he's healed. The Bible says that the Lord in this text was present for the healing. That shows Jesus' humanity. That he took on himself. He was still moving and working in this story in his city social club as the Father would grant him to move. Him, the Holy Spirit, and the Father work seamlessly together. But you know what? The Pharisees couldn't get past their own nose. All they could see was the filter of, must be sin in their life. What about showing the sinner how he can be forgiven? What about telling him how much of an impossible thing you were when Jesus found you? Church, are we missing it? Are we missing it, church? As a whole, are we missing it? Have we become self-righteous? instead of realizing that our righteousness is as filthy rags? Church, have you missed the paralyzed people in your life because you cannot bring yourself to witnessing because you think they just won't get it anyway? Ah, man, come on. Don't miss that. This is the greatest point in the world. Hey, Mr. Barnum, dude, you are the man. You are the greatest showman. And he took it all the way to the end and found it to be empty without his family. You know, you can take your Christianity as far as it will take you, and that's as far as you'll get. Tweet that junk. Come on. But you're only going to get as far as you can go. You have to have the power of Jesus to make it all the way. The paralyzed. What can we learn quickly from this? Even though we're doing great on time, it's okay. I'm only going to preach till 1 o'clock. Okay, guys, it's okay. I have a few things for you today from from this part of the, the message. Jesus addressed, check this out. He addressed the most important thing first. Great timing, that was awesome. That's good. He addressed the most important thing first. Look at the text. I feel like you need to read it. Look at it. Do y'all need to stand and do jumping jacks? Okay. Look look at the text here. Verse number 18. And behold, a man brought in on a bed was taken with the palsy. Everyone else is looking at his physical problem. Got it? The Pharisees were going, their sin is lying. Look at that fella right there. Yeah. Go ahead, bring him to Jesus so he can heal him. 
He's going to heal them, but I wonder if they'll be tithing next week. Is this striking a chord with anybody? The old biddies in the church? The old deacons back there, as Mark Lowry said, that have their pants so high you have to unzip the zipper to see everybody out? <laughs> All the way up here. <laughs> that's, an old, that's an old comedy bit. It's good. <laughs> the point is, they're looking through their filter. I tell you, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop. We're going to stop right there. It's going to get bad. It's going downhill quick. What's the point? They were looking at the outside. Look at the text. Go to verse number, verse number 20. And when he saw their, what is it? Faith. Turn to your neighbor and say faith. And when he saw their faith, look at it. I'm looking for it. He said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Thy sins are forgiven thee. Church, listen to me. Jesus took care of the most important thing first, and that was the the inside. I'm the Pharisee. I'm here moderating everything going on spiritual around me. I tithe off of everything. I wear a tie every Sunday. I have, guys, I had, I brought a sport coat today. Oh my I forgot to put it on. Don't I look pretty? I mean, we got this thing churched up. We got a church clothes on. And, and every little detail is right. If those kids drop their donut on the carpet one more time, I promise you, boom, throw them out the back. But they're focused on the wrong thing, the outside. And as they're all looking, how are they going to get him in there? <laughs> you see, if that leper had done what he was supposed to do, the Pharisee, he would have went to the temple and spent eight days there, and then he would have been purified, and there wouldn't be all these people around Jesus. Look at him just giving it away. Jesus comes to a new city so that he can have a little time to himself, and what happens? He goes out and says, oh my goodness, I'm healed. I was a leper, and now I'm feeling everything. And what happens? The multitudes start coming. And then this man, I would think maybe because of his wealth, he had enough money to have one man on every corner of his, the Bible says couch, bed, it, what it means in the Greek is his stretcher. He had enough money to pay, or he had enough friends to carry. I'm betting on the money. Because <laughs> even my best friends, if I would say, hey bro, there's like a half a million people right inside the city, and I really want to get to Jesus. Can you carry my stretcher? I'll carry your coffin. <laughs> Right? Man, that was good. No, just kidding. You understand? I think he had some money to pay them to carry his stretcher. And then they had to get creative. Steve, they had roofing tools with them. They had to go up on top of the house, peel off the tiles, peel back the roof. They had their Makita cordless drills, and they were and moving out the, the roof, and then they lowered him down so they came prepared. They thought outside of the box, and they lowered him into the house. What happens when you set your eyes on someone who is paralyzed, on someone who is different? My two questions for you, church, are you willing and are you ready? Are you willing and are you ready to see that person as Jesus sees them? Or are you still going to see them with the same old filter? I could share the gospel, but it probably wouldn't. Nah, probably wouldn't get it. Jesus, as everyone else is looking at the outside, Probably disfigured. 
what does he say? Thy sins are forgiven. Church, number one out of three points today. How do we expand our social club? we got to focus on the inside. Verse 20, his faith was recognized and his sins were forgiven. Jesus addressed the most important thing first. Church, can I ask this of you? Can you just focus on the inside? Can you? Can you just get past your prejudice? One huge point about the movie that I loved was the fact that he bought a wax museum. That's really what he did. The greatest showman on earth, Barnum, P.T. Barnum, bought a wax museum, Dave. And his daughters like, looked at him and like, Daddy, that's really cool and all, but I think you need something alive. <laughs> I think you need something exciting. And it just hit him. He thought of that person that he saw that was a midget. And he goes to that house and he knocks on the door. And he calls out the lady that answered the door, says her name, and says, you have a son, he's 23 years old. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Makes his way into the house. Opens the door, and there stands before him a midget. That poor midget back in the day got nothing but grief because of the way he looked on on the outside. But P.T. Barnum saw someone that was beautiful on the inside and said, you come be a part of my show. He then went and recruited every person around that was different, that looked different, that was of a different color. Oh my goodness. Shut it down during that day for a black person to enter into some sort of a show where, where, where the focus and the spotlight is on them. No, didn't scare P.T. Barnum. I want people who aren't like me because they love to and because they need love to. He found the tallest man. He found the fattest man. He found a lady that had a beard. He found the most different, intrinsic people that he could. And that's what his show was. Everybody came from all around to see this freak show. But what was a freak show turned into a love fest. By the end of the movie, he recognized what these different people had on the inside. And and when all the money was gone, you have to watch the movie, I'm spoiling it so bad, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But when all the money was gone, they were the ones that were there for him. They were the ones that contributed joy and happiness to his life in a way that fulfilled him far past the dollar ever could. Church, I know you got a little prejudiced in there. Get it out. Get rid of it. You're no better than anybody else. God created us all equal. I don't care if you think that they have it because of sin in their life. You're wrong. Because we're all sinners. That's the wrong way of looking at it. If God loved you through grace, then he'll love Anybody through grace. That's what grace means. What's the thing that will heal this land? Love. Focusing on the inside. Go to the next one, Jose. Number two, focus on your posture, not your position.
focus on your posture, not your position. Look at verse number 12. I think it's verse number 12. Let me get there. When the leper came to Jesus in that certain city, seeing Jesus, he fell on his what? I'm being all serious for a reason. I'm not jumping around hollering like I normally do for a reason. When you focus on the inside, your posture is what matters and not your position. Stop trying to be in some sort of a place. If I can just get to that place, the greatest is the least of these. His posture was a posture of prayer. Do you understand? When he came for healing, he fell on his face. Our sinful condition should allow us to relate with both of these stories. The eyewitness accounts strengthen our faith to know that Jesus is able. But are you ready? And are you in? Watch this. Position. Are you in position today? You know, when you're on your face, the only person that you're focused on is yourself. But when you're above everyone else, what are you doing? Looking down. Cinematography 101, right? If you want to show the dramatic interpretation in that movie as one of power, you shoot from above looking down. If you want to show that these three guys came in and they were going to rough up this one guy, I guarantee you the camera angle is going to be like this with those three guys coming at him. Why? They're showing that they're better than, they're macho, they're going to beat him up. But the opposite is true for those that are expanding their city social club for the sake of the gospel. Your posture is your face is down. When was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you got on your face before God and just said, here I am. I'm I'm just open. Do the heart work, God. Jesus looked at him and said, thy sins are forgiven. He looked at the leper and he touched him. He came into him because his posture was correct. I've been in many churches in, in my uh, 30 years, 30 short years on this earth. You like that? Unfortunately, the majority of them are all about, how do I get to the top? You know, so-and-so, they'll go out to eat with you if, fill in the blank. There's no preconditions for Jesus' love. It's not status, it's not wealth, it's not color. It's, you know where my position is? It don't matter because my posture is right. Last one. Focus on giving God the glory. Look at the end of the text, verse number 25. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that wherein he lay and departed to his own house. Say the next two words, glorifying God. Say it, church, glorifying God. One more time. Glorifying God. Turn to your neighbor and say glory. glory. Come on, a little louder. Turn to your neighbor and say glory. 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 
I feel like we've done enough heart work today. I feel like we've done enough digging. I've already told you, we're all the same. Every one of us, we're all the same. Where do we need to focus? On the what? On the inside. Where do we need to focus? On the inside. Focus on the inside. What else do we need to focus on? Our posture, not our position. When was the last time you prayed? And and lastly, we need to focus on giving God the glory. We'll get into what the Pharisees did more, probably next week. And I'm I'm all about it. I'm going to rip them up one side and down the other, those darn Pharisees. Just wait for it. I'm going to focus on the outside for one sermon. No, I'm kidding. But the point is, is that when, when all is said and done, we're giving Jesus the glory. Simply, Jesus. This is where I have a moment, and I run around, and I yell for about five minutes about how excited I am about God's glory. But I'm probably not going to do that today. I just want you to look inside for a minute. Can you do that? Can you just look inside your heart? Why are you still looking at me? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Got him. Look inside your heart. Listen, church, what do you see? What do you see? If you're honest, maybe a little hatred. If you're honest, some unforgiveness. If you're honest, some bitterness. And this is the part where I say, we're just like the leper, and we're just like the paralyzed. We come to him broken. But Jesus is good every time about focusing on the right place, and that's the inside. Church, do you need healing today? Do you need healing? As you look in there, Nick, do you need it? I know I need it. We serve a God that if we asked anything in his name, it's done. If our posture is correct, we'll do the work on ourselves that we should be working on, right? And then I bet our city social club expands to people that we've never reached before. 